This is uh, the year of our Lord, 2021. Pretty incredible. You know, we had the great joy of having much of our family here over the holidays, and we decided to have a communion service, and we had that after the children had eaten, and uh, there was dessert to follow, but communion was in between, and uh, the kids looked up, and they said, Papa, are you going to speak a long time? (laughs) And I said, no, I'm not going to speak a long time, so you'll be getting your dessert shortly. Reminded me of being with my dad in India some 20 years ago, one of the great experiences of my life. Uh, We traveled the dusty roads of that amazing nation and preached sometimes two or three times a day. And it came to the last meeting of the last night. And my dad got up to pray and there was, or to preach. And, and you know, my dad's first language was not English, but uh, he always preached in English. In India, they don't speak much Finnish there, as you know. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, he looked at uh, these brothers and sisters that he had worked with as the mission secretary of the Finnish Pentecostal churches. And there was also a meal awaiting them after the service. And he, and he said, I, c- I can see that you're hungry and that uh, you're wondering how long I'm going to speak. And so be, be assured I'm not going to speak that long. Uh, and then he went on and preached one of the most amazing sermons I'd ever heard him speak. And he probably went 30, 40 minutes, but uh, it seemed like just 20. It was, it was that wonderful of a moment. And so uh, I'll try not to speak too long. I know you're uh, waiting to go to dinner. We have come through a pandemic like we have not seen in our lifetime. Surely there have been uh, probably worse plagues going back to the early centuries, the plagues in Europe in uh, the 1500s, but in our lifetime, this has been unique. Uh, There's hopeful news now that the vaccines will be helpful, and we pray to that end, and we pray that as we continue to practice the protocols that we're currently practicing, that there will be relief and that 2021 will be a different year in so many ways, and we'll experience God's blessing and his power in our lives. For a while, we couldn't even meet uh, together. We were online. Now we meet in person. And life, as we knew it 12 months ago, has been completely disrupted. This we know. But for some, this has been a year of jubilee, of great joy. And that's been our experience in our grandkids, uh, those who couldn't wait too long for my my little little speech to end. uh, They've lived with us uh, in different batches all through the past nine months, and that that has been just amazing. Uh, But despite all of our technological advances, all of our learning, all of our amazing discoveries, we've seen uh, in these past decades, our world is in great spiritual darkness and confusion, and I believe is getting to Uh, move even darker yet. Of the 7.8 billion people alive today, approximately 10% are evangelical Christians. The good news 
is that the evangelical that evangelical Christianity is growing at 2.6%, whereas Islam is growing at 1.9%. So that, that's, that's good news. The Jesus film has been translated now into over 1,800 languages, covering 90% of the world's population. Still, there is a great work to be done. So let's just have a prayer and... Uh, Trust the Lord to bless these last moments of our service. Father, thank you for bringing us through a year like we've never experienced before. Thank you for answered prayer uh, on behalf of all those who've actually gone through COVID in our family here. Thank you that you've protected us and you've kept us strong. Thank you, Lord, for your word that continues to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our way. Help us to recognize the unique and ongoing uh, opportunity we have to advance the, co- the gospel in these dark days that we currently live in. Father, help me to bring your word and those words that are mine. May they quickly be gone in Jesus' name. I'd like to touch on three things this morning. First, uh, on the unique and ongoing opportunity we have uh, of advancing the gospel in perilous days. Second, to remind us of uh, the fact that our weapons are stronger than the weapons of the enemy who would try to destroy us. And then to uh, also encourage us to continue to abide in Christ, to 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 choose joy and continue to realize that when we are in Christ, we have every reason to be thankful. We were going through the names of Jesus with our grandchildren, and the word uh, Emmanuel just reverberated with me, and I continued to think about it. And uh, what what an incredible truth that is. Emmanuel is with us. He is with us, and so we can face every danger because we know that he will never leave us or forsake us. I'd also like to ask you if you've ever heard uh, of, of the buff, the B-U-F-F. Does anybody know what that word is or that acronym is? I'm looking at Larry. I think you, you know. You got it. The big, ugly, fat fellow, they call it the B-52, and I'd like to tell you just a little bit about the B-52 in a moment in that it's, I think, a great illustration of a platform that carries various weapons uh, to almost anywhere in the world when we need them to operate, Uh, but I'll get back to that, and I'm glad we have a pilot with us. So uh, let me read some scripture, and then uh, we'll go on with with this, uh, this fireside chat, as it were. Philippians 3.12, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And uh, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called 
uh, me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And then uh, also Joshua 1.8, one of the truly great generals in all of history. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You know, there's a, there's a special phrase there. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. I was thinking about that this morning and thinking about how a, a cow chews its cud. Most of you know that a cow has several stomachs and it can eat grass and then regurgitate it and, and chew on that cud for hours and get more and more nourishment out of it. And I believe that the Lord was saying to Joshua and to all of us that we're to meditate on his word day and night. Bring it back uh, to your memory. Think about it. Allow the Lord to, to encourage you with it. And uh, his promise is, we shall make our way prosperous. We shall have good success as we continue to do that. Jim Garrett, uh, in his recent fall seminar, The Children of God in a Hostile World, clearly stated that we are in a spiritual war. The adversary of the devil is trying to uh, discourage us, to diminish us, to divide us, to even destroy us if he can. In fact, Jim made a very big point of this, the odor of Satan is division. And we are so blessed here at TCF that we walk together, brother and sister, praying for one another, encouraging one another. Ephesians 6.12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. 2 Corinthians 10, you know these verses so well, but it's good to meditate on them, to regurgitate them, to realize that these words are alive for us today in this new year. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are the weapons, uh, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, They have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I was really blessed, all of us were, with Jim Garrett's message last week of remembering our yesterdays. And we remember most of all That yesterday when Christ was crucified outside of Jerusalem, he was buried, he was raised the third day and achieved the victory that has made all the difference for all all of us. That's why we can go with great confidence into this new year knowing that the weapons of our warfare are powerful for the demolishing of strongholds. 
We are in a war. It's evident now, I believe, more than ever. I was thinking, how did we get to this juncture? And there, of course, are a hundred things that could be said. Here's a few headlines. The decision by the Supreme Court to legalize same-sex marriage in 2015. The recent decision, Jim mentioned this recently, uh, by the city council in Somerville, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, by the way, was the first state in the Union to legalize same-sex marriage long before the Supreme Court decided for all 50 states. But in the city of Somerville on July the 2nd of last year, the city council voted in favor of a new domestic partnership ordinance uh, recognizing polymerous relationships as uh, legal Uh, And if you're not familiar with the word, that means more than two people in a sexual relationship at any one time. There might be three or four living together. And and so one of the city council members, I looked the story up, Jim, uh, one of the city council members said that no one was opposed. And in fact, he said, I hope this will be something that others will do. Uh, It seemed to them to be uh, humane and the right thing. Ruthie and I were on the west coast this summer and we were driving from Portland to Santa Barbara. Arrived in the great state of California at the first rest stop and went to the welcome station and to the restrooms and I pointed out to Ruthie that the restrooms here are for men and for women and for Gen X. And that that was on, on the doors. And I said those are restrooms for people who do not know what sex they are. I mean that's so bizarre I can't even put words to it. Heard a recent story from California also of a lawmaker who was proposing a bill that children should be given, and I think I got the medical terms right, an estrogen inhibitor, so that they uh, can go into their mid-teams and have time to decide what sex they'll choose. So that, that is the state of our world. We are in a war and uh, the enemy is uh, evil, but our weapons are stronger. We have a great moment. Uh, Chuck Swindoll has shared a, a beautiful story. When he was a teenager, he uh, was with his family, and they went to the Carlsbad Caverns. I've never been there, but anyway, they were down in the bowels of the cavern, and the guide suddenly turned off the lights, you may have heard the story. It was so dark, you could not, it was like tar, you could not see your own hands. And then he struck a match. One match lit up that entire cavern. We are in that kind of a situation right now. The world is darker than it's ever been. More bizarre, uh, to be politically correct, is what is in, and that means Whatever you want to do and what, whatever people decide is good. The world calls evil good and good evil. And so I believe that there are going to be people that are going to be coming to us and are going to be asking questions. How come you're living like that? How, how come your, your, your family is so happy? How, co- how come you guys are just so excited? Can't you see what's happening all around us? We're striking a match in, in a dark moment. And uh, I believe we will have many opportunities. And there's been prophetic words we've already heard this past year 
that people would be coming to us to seek uh, our wisdom as to how can we, how can we, how can we translate this, this season of our American experience and we can tell them the simple story of Jesus. Our mission, no big surprise, guys, remains the same. In the midst of these confusing times, the command of our Lord is to go into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Last week, Bill briefly mentioned so accurately that we are living between Advents, the the first coming of Christ, that yesterday that has made all the difference, the victory on the cross outside of Jerusalem. As Christ's children, we are on the winning side. But there is still a battle, a mop-up operation to be fought before the second advent. The buff is going to come in here pretty soon, Larry. Okay, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance, 2 Peter 3, 9. That's the reason he has not yet returned. 10% are evangelical Christians. There's another 30, 20% maybe that are nominal Christians. But there there is a vast number that have never heard, particularly in the Islamic world, We are living in that in-between time of D-Day and V-E-Day. Those younger among us have heard of D-Day. Let me remind you, it was the greatest air and amphibious invasion in the history of the world. Started in June 1944, led by General Eisenhower. It was the determining moment to end World War II. The peace was won 11 months later, Tuesday, 8 May, 1945. Although D-Day was a decisive moment and guaranteed the Allied victory, the ensuing 11 months included vicious and difficult fighting. It was a tough mop-up operation, but the result was the unconditional surrender of the German armies on 8 May. Our mission continues to reach the unreached, even to the uttermost reaches of the world. As, as all of you, I also had the great joy of befriending Herb Jordan, Colonel Herb Jordan here at TCF. He's with the Lord now. You still remember, I'm sure, his memorial service here. Do you remember the last image on the screen? It was a B-52 taking off, of course, a great, great memory of his heroic career. And, uh, you know, if you ever have a chance to talk to a fighting man, whether it's a, a, a pilot or a Marine or a, a Navy veteran, and I salute every veteran here, take that opportunity because you can learn some great things from these courageous warriors. I found out, 
I've found, especially in, in talking to fighter pilots, George Sada is one of my friends as well, they have this incredible confidence that we can do this. This is a tough assignment. I mean, George Sada flew sometimes seven sorties a day in the Iraq-Iran war. Nobody else was flying those kind of numbers. He was. He was a follower of Christ. It was his assignment. He said, I can do this. And the Lord preserved him and protected him. And I don't want to give the wrong image here. Uh, sometimes our life is cut short because we are called to a mission. Hebrews 11, you read the full chapter. Many of those heroes were executed. They were cut asunder. The world was not worthy of them, and yet they pressed on. And uh, Herb Jordan was one of those. He flew the B-52 for a career, and he was also in one of the most difficult actions uh, during the Vietnam War. It was called the 11-night war, a continual bombing of Hanoi, called by President Nixon. Um, and uh, sadly, we lost some B-52s in that operation. Herb flew on three of those nights. I remember sitting over there talking with him and congratulating him. He had uh, some of his uh, mementos with him. We were particularly honoring veterans that day. And uh, uh, he had 100 missions of plaque. I said, Herb, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for serving our nation. And he said, there, there are many more than that. That was just a plaque. That's the kind of guys these guys are. They, they, uh, they just think they're doing the job. And, uh, and that's the kind of guys we are. We have the weapons to go into this current situation and continue to strike that match for Jesus. My neighbor Mike works for Boeing at Tinker Air Force Base on B-52s. And he's told me something that caught my eye. He said... You know, the, the B-52 is going to outfly the B-1B Lancer. The B-1B is a much more current plane. And he said, how so? And he explained, and I've read a little bit more about the B-52. It is on track to become a fleet of flying centurions. The first B-52s went into service in 1956. The Air Force is planning to request 600 new engines for the several hundred B-52s that are still flying. And uh, it's very, very likely that the big, ugly, fat feller will be flying still in 2050, uh, when some of us are already with the Lord. Uh, It can haul up to 70,000 pounds of laser-guided bombs, GPS-guided bombs, unguided bombs, it has the GASSM air-launched cruise missile and quick-strike series of naval mines. And in uh, the nuclear mission, it carries the AGM-86B air-launched cruise missile and on and on and on. And I, I read a little bit more as to why is it such an effective platform. And it basically is quite cheap to operate. This doesn't sound cheap, but it costs $70,000 an hour to operate. And that's cheap in military terms. It can be launched almost at a, at a day's notice or quicker from our bases all across America and reach out to any conflict anywhere in the world. It's like a semi-truck carrying this incredible load of missions 
munitions to, to take care of any conflict, and uh, there's nothing else in the Air Force like it. Uh, five crew members, a pilot, a co-pilot, a navigator, an electronic warfare officer, or there's a radar navigator and another navigator, so it's, I'm sure, the electronic warfare officer's job to direct those missiles, those uh, mines, whatever they're operating against, to the proper target. And we, we also have that opportunity. So let me just re- remind you again of uh, several of our most incredible weapons. The first, of course, is the Word of God. Here, Peter's first sermon after the day of Pentecost. This is from Acts chapter 2. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, when they heard the word of God preached, inspired by the Holy Spirit, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. That's the ones in in, uh, Turkey and in Kurdistan and in China, all across the world who still have not heard. For all whom the Lord will call, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. The Word of God is a weapon that is like none other. The script describes the Word of God as logos, the written Word of God, and uh, rhema, the spoken Word of God. Let me give you an example of uh, a rhema Word of God. I've worked with Terry Lyle for 50-odd years. Uh, he's with the Lord now, as most of you know. And so a lot of my illustrations leaked from him, I, I, I admit. But this is, a, I think, an excellent one. Uh, and it fits with the a story of the incarnation. Uh, Terry has told this example a number of times that Something like this happened in heaven. The father said uh, to Gabriel, it's time for Messiah to be born. So you are to take this word to Mary. And so you know the story so well. Gabriel arrives and says, Mary, uh, you are a blessed, blessed woman. You will bear the Christ child. And uh, Mary says, how, how is this possible? How is this possible? I'm a virgin. I've not known a man. And Gabriel speaks the spoken word of God to Mary and says that you will, be, you will become pregnant of the Holy Spirit. And Mary had the opportunity to say, no, I don't, I don't believe you. But she said, be it unto me, be it unto me, even as you have spoken. 
And I believe, I believe that at that moment, Mary was pregnant with the Christ child. The word became flesh, as, as Jim preached, and dwelt among us. And that same miracle happens every day. As the word of God, that powerful word of God is preached, a sinner man, a sinner woman hears that word and says, yes, I'm a sinner. I want, to, I want to, by faith, receive that word, make it my own, embrace the, the message of the gospel. And when he or she does that, Christ is incarnated, is born in his or her heart. That same miracle happens over and over and over again. That is the power of the word of God, an incredible weapon. I remember when I was a seven-year-old child living in Toronto, Canada. We attended the Finnish Pentecostal Church. My dad was a youth leader there. And we had uh, a believer's service in the morning every Sunday. In the evening, we had an evangelistic service. I wish you could have heard the guitar choir. They were amazing. I just sensed this incredible power of the Holy Spirit on them. As a seven-year-old, the preaching was powerful. And I remember that one night, I just felt so convicted of sin as a seven-year-old. And there was the invitation, the invitation songs, come, receive Jesus as Lord. But I, for some reason, was embarrassed to go forward. We lived in the, ups- this, this was a storefront church in kind of the tough part of Toronto, we didn't know it. I didn't know it, but that's where we were. And it, it was amazing. But that night, my, my dad had the uh, instant perception that something is happening. He said, Joel, what, what's happening? What would you like to pray? And I said, well, I'd, I'd like to ask Jesus to come into my heart. And I just, just didn't have the courage to do that in, in the service. And he said, well, we can pray right now. So I knelt at my parents' bedside and my dad led me in a sinner's prayer and the word of God was true in my life. Jesus came to live inside of me. I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile, for in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is from by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. For the gospel, for in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. It's not something we do. It's a gift offered to all who will believe, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. And just as it is written, as, as Martin Luther heard this, his life was transformed and he became the father of the Reformation, the righteous will live by faith. And I've had the great joy of traveling internationally, and for 10 years our Living Sound teams traveled throughout Poland. And uh, Terry preached. I had many tours where I was the preacher and would preach just the most simple message. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day. And if you will receive him, your life will be transformed. You will become a new creature in Christ. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten, that whoever, his only son, that whoever believe, believes on him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Often I would say there are two kinds of people attending churches. There are those who are church attenders, and then there are those who are Christ followers, those who have received this message, those who have received the gift of God's righteousness. And so we had that great joy concert after concert to invite people to come and pray. We gave them booklets, of uh, 100 booklets of gospel verses uh, in Polish. And we handed out over 100,000 over that 10-year period of people who came forward in the altar call. I can't say what happened in all of their lives. And maybe there were others that came to faith that never came forward. But the testimony was given. God's word worked powerfully we know that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Jesus used God's word, you remember so well, to silence the devil. Let me just give you one example. Jesus uh, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, you know, the devil speaks to us as well or tries to, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone. And you know the, the discourse that went on. Every time Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. It is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. God's word is a powerful weapon. The name of Jesus Remember Acts 3, Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Matthew 18, 18, again I tell you that if two of you agree on earth, about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. I believe as we agree according to the teaching of Scripture, we can believe that that, her, that, that prayer is heard and God will provide that for us. I'm quickly, as I promised, going to finish by not finishing this message. But let me just say this in closing. You know, we had a wonderful, wonderful service here on Thanksgiving, uh, Sunday after Thanksgiving. Do you remember that? Everyone uh, had an opportunity to come to give testimonies. And there were so many, and so many wonderful testimonies of powerful healings that have happened in our family here in answer to prayers that we've prayed corporately in the name of Jesus. I was struck by Chuck and Diane's testimony. 
Their thanksgiving was to God for allowing COVID to come to them that they might in that time of uh, suffering and difficulty come to know Christ even more intimately. You know, instant healings are wonderful. I'm thinking sometimes healings that take time may even be more wonderful because in that time of solitude, in that time of suffering, in that time of difficulty, there are things that we can learn that we would not otherwise have learned. The blood of Jesus is a weapon for us. And Jim again touched on this, that when we receive communion, that is the most intense moment that we have with Christ at any time that week. When I go into that corner to have communion, I often pray, Lord, I by faith receive this cup, which to me is your blood, and I proclaim that I am in eternal covenant with you and that you are with me. And I thank him that the blood of Jesus, according to 1 John, continuously cleanses all of us from all sin and all unrighteousness. What an incredible thought. Jesus said in Matthew 11, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Hear Jesus' invitation to all of us as we walk into this dark and challenging moment in our history. The Lord is with us. Let's purpose more than ever to make Christ central in our lives. Let's remember that we are to abide in the vine. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Unless we abide in him, And we do that by meditating on the word, by being in the word, by memorizing it, by times of solitude, prayer. Some of you will be called to fasting. Uh, As we abide in him, we walk in great confidence into this new year. John Mark Comer comments on Philippians 4, rejoice, and again I say rejoice, that great passage He says, uh, gratitude is a posture before it is a practice. We have an opportunity to redirect our mind for what we are thankful for. Uh, We are to be thankful at all times, not because of the situation necessarily, but in that situation. And so that's that's a great thought, I think. We're to pray at all times with thanksgiving. And then he says, Uh, We are to curate joy, Philippians 4.8. Whatsoever is lovely, beautiful, think on these things. And he rightly says the current media takes that, the complete opposite of that. So let's continue to uh, choose joy. 
pray at all times with thanksgiving and think on those things that are beautiful. You might even think about fasting from watching the news. Uh, we, we, we don't watch the national news at all at our house anymore because we have grandkids. We think this is too toxic. We don't need to hear it. I heard somebody recently said, kind of a well-known figure, he said, I've decided not to watch the news for six months because, you know, I feel better because I don't listen to it. And uh, if there's something really important, some of my friends or family will tell me about it. So something to think about. Let me finish with one verse. Thanks for letting me go along. I, I, I broke my promise. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. God spoke this to that great general, Joshua. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Happy New Year.